Hello and welcome into the Wednesday, July 20th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morsuti. We're hosts here at Lockdown Leafs. Matt Kachuk could be on the move, Dave. Should the Leafs make a phone call and toss out a, hey, you up to Brad Tree Living? We discuss that and more on today's edition of Lockdown Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also now catch us up on video platform via YouTube. Just hit up Locked On Leafs on YouTube and hit subscribe. Dave, I'm recording outdoors today. This is a new one. How does it look? It's kind of dark. It's not too bad. I mean, the important thing is we see your face. You can see my face. You can see the grill, which I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Maybe you'd rather see a little bit of darkness. (laughs) <laughs> instead of this ugly mug, but is what it is. Um, before we get into this Matt Kachuk discussion, I was just watching the, the MLB All-Star game out here on, on my back patio, which is why I'm outdoors, and we just kind of started recording right afterward. And it got me thinking, like, there's a couple of things. Well, first and foremost, the MLB All-Star game, hands down to me, the best All-Star game out there in terms of the four major league sports. And I mean, it's because essentially you can go all out in these games and, and you know, exacerbate your full skill level without being a dink, essentially. Like if you're if you're back checking in an all-star game in the NHL, you're going to get mocked and laughed at for back checking in an all-star. It's just going to happen. Whereas in baseball, it's like the truest form of what the game is, which I think is awesome. And it turns out to be a pretty solid game. And it was. But what I really appreciated about what we saw in today's broadcast, the Fox broadcast in particular, was all like the extracurricular type of stuff, like being mic'd up with all the players. And Alec Manoa stole the show, in my opinion, came out there, tossed uh, a one inning, but got three punchies, three punchies today. Like, it, to me, that's the type of stuff that the NHL could definitely use going forward, like have some of these players mic'd up and have them talking during the actual game on the bench out there on the ice. I know they do it sometimes with the goaltenders, but why not do it with everybody? Like a lot, just a lot more often. They had uh, Big Poppy, David Ortiz going onto the bench into the dugout interviewing guys. Have like Biz Nasty or O Dog or something like that go down. I guess it'd be Biz Nasty because it's typically a sports thing, but like. Have someone go down there and, and or like wit and do like a, a spit and chicklets type of thing and have them go down there and interview these players down on the bench. You know what I mean? Like just do have something fun, interesting. I think there's some stuff that uh, the NHL could definitely take from the MLB's playbook here in the all-star game and implement it into their own. Yeah, like the one thing the NHL and, and really no other league will be able to match up against is a home run derby. Like I, I am for many years. 
I would just watch the home run derby and I would just skip the all-star game. Because yeah. like, the home run derby is just fun. But no, I think like when you have a guy like David Ortiz who's already he has such a like a you know bubbly personality, he's funny, he's a you know a superstar for like a legend of the game. Like that's such an easy draw. And it was kind of just it's so easy to sell Big Poppy at the All-Star game. Right. The NHL needs to find like that equivalent to get down there and like to and, and get him get them down. You know, I mean the benches is tough, but like get them down there so that they're actually like a part of the thing, not doing it from like the broadcast booth or doing it from up in the stands. Like get them down where the action is. So it's even between the benches, like they have that ability to do that. Like is like I'm trying to think like who would be the guy? Would it be like That's PK Superman? Well, I, that might be the player once he kind of retires. Like he might be the guy I was gonna say who who has that type of flair and and has that personality who could go down there. Like Kevin Bieksa did it a couple of years ago, and I thought he was funny. He was good, but to your point, it's not the star. You know, it's not like a Charles Barkley, a Shaquille O'Neal who's down there. It's not a David Ortiz level of player. You know, where if maybe. <laughs> The problem is hockey. They got a lot of wet mop personalities uh, amongst the stars of the game. So there's not a lot of, you know, big time, you know, former all-stars or former stars and, and Hall of Famers who also are big time personalities. Uh, that That's that's another issue, I suppose, that the NHL has. It just it's always been part of the game. But, yeah. hey, maybe that's changing, right? Maybe that's changing. We've seen a lot more vocalness out of out of players, and and from you know whether it's getting involved in in certain initiatives or it's getting involved being vocal on social media. I think PK's kind of led the charge, and perhaps when he hangs it up and is all said and done, he could be that guy for ESPN to kind of go down on ice level and get those cool, funny interviews with the players. Yeah, like it, it just it brings because it's supposed to be different from any normal game, right? How do you change it? Like the three on three was probably the best thing that they could have done to provide something different to that um, to the game. But yeah, they got it. You have to also try to add a little bit of just humor and just you know lighten up the situation a little bit and just add entertainment value because now the everyone will be talking about Alc Manoa talking as he's pit you know getting ready to pitch him and i think it was at uh john schmoltz we're talking about like the pitch selection like that's that's awesome and then he's like talking about the pitch and then he's like down the middle whoops ah, there and it's okay it worked in you you know what i realized today that i guess i didn't really realize like i never thought about it i suppose mm-hmm. man do pitchers ever miss their spot a lot <laughs> you notice that like every any time the pitchers were like oh, down and away They'd be like up and in. <laughs> it's like dude, you missed like half of your pitches were complete opposite of what you said it was going to be. Um, except the one that Schmoltz did tell him. He, he did say, you know, down, uh, down back foot. I guess it ended up going front foot. So he was, you know, a little bit, a uh, little bit ahead of it. But I did notice that when they're telling exactly what they're throwing and then you realize, ah, that did not go up and in. That went down and away. He missed his spot. That happens a lot more often, uh, I, I would assume, than uh, than I think we believe We just by watching the game. So that was kind of cool to get that insight, to know that uh, even the pros maybe sometimes uh, get a little lucky. They're not as good as we think they are when it comes to putting the ball exactly where they want it. 
Although some guys are. And Alec Manoa is better than doing that than, than others. Three punchies for him. That was quite, uh, quite phenomenal. And it, it just speaks to the amount of youth talent that's in the city of Toronto entirely, right? Yeah. Like you had Manoa there. You had um, uh, Vladdy there. You had Alejandro Kirk there. Jordan Romano. You had Santiago Espinal. Like all these guys are. First are would have been there too if he wasn't dealing with an injury. He would have been there as well, but I was speaking to like the youth guys, right? So like oh, yeah. they're all under 30 years old and, you know, it just either approaching or not even at their prime yet. Right. And it's, you know, you, you look at the Raptors, you've got Pascal Siakam, you've got Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG, Gary Trent, like you've got a lot of, of really talented players. And then obviously in Toronto where you've got Matthews and Marner, two top tier, I mean, they were first team all-stars, first team all-star center, first team all-star right winger. Right, it's just so much talent in the city of Toronto. It's good to be a, a, a Toronto sports fan right now, which is nice because there's been a lot of down years uh, in the last, well, even recent, recent uh, past. So it's a nice, it's nice, nice to be able to celebrate that some of the best in the game play in the city of Toronto, and we can we get to watch them and root them, root them on, and cheer for them on a daily basis. It is nice to see. All right, um, before we get into the Mac and Chuck situation and whether or not we should build a case for whether they should or should not pick up the phone and call Brad Tree Living, um, I want to tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for our sport wagering information from live in game betting scores, scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me here. We bring you Leafs and hockey coverage each and every day, even throughout the offseason. So if you haven't already, go ahead and uh, subscribe, whether it's via audio or video platform on YouTube. Subscribe to us for that daily hockey fix, even through the offseason. And the offseason's a couple of weeks in now, I would say, and there's still not, you know, the news hasn't completely dried up because now Calgary has given us a second big topic of conversation. First, it was Johnny Goudreau leaving the city of Calgary for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now everyone kind of turned the, the their eyes over to Matt Kachuk and doesn't sound like Matt Kachuk wants to be there long term either. What's your kind of read on this entire situation? We've kind of heard like when the first contract between the Flames and Kachuk was going down, like they tried to get into a long-term deal and he had no desire to sign one. And then with the Johnny Gaudreau situation, it kind of just amplified the, the, the Kachuk thing. It was almost like, all right, this kind of got passed over a little bit because Gaudreau was like the priority in Calgary. But now it's just like, there, there's no like a lot, and Eric Francis, the big one uh, covering the Flames, is pretty much saying like prepare for Kachuk's departure. He's almost like preparing the, the like the the goodbye like column right now. It's it's really strange how this is kind of all 
accelerated. And I think it's just a realization that you don't want to lose the guy for nothing. And it's a, it's similar to the situation I think the Jets are facing with Pierre-Luc Dubois, a player that didn't ask to go to Winnipeg. He wanted out of Columbus, and Winnipeg was just his best option to get out of there. I don't know what Kachuk's feeling was about Calgary. I don't think he's ever really said he never wanted to be there. But, you know, guys also, I think now more so than ever, are trying to figure out ways to go to places that they want to be. Matthew Kachuk, I think a good part of him probably wants to be in St. Louis. Or maybe it's just a better situation of where he is currently. I, I think another one, some people are mentioning the Daryl Sutter effect might also be something that people are over, like aren't thinking enough about. Like, do you think Johnny Gaudreau, he had his best career with Daryl Sutter, like career year with Daryl Sutter, but is that someone you want to play with for long term? Like, he's not exactly a coach that's easy to play for. So I don't know. It's really tough to say, really. I don't I don't think it's money for Calgary because Calgary was offering Goudreau more money to stay there, and he didn't want it. So I think it's it could just be preference for a lot of these players. And it's it's unfortunate for a city like Calgary. It's a great fan base. It's no, it's a not it's a pretty decent place to live. But for a lot of these guys, especially the American ones, it's not usual they prefer being closer to home, what they're comfortable with. Yeah, and I I, I think you, you hit on a lot of good points there. I, I don't think it necessarily is the fact that Calgary isn't trying to pony up the the money it'll take to sign him. I think he's just wants to go elsewhere. It's very similar to the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. Like you said, where it's, look, I'm a year away from free agency. You're taking me to club elected arbitration. I'll take the one-year deal, and then I'll be a free agent in a year. Or you could trade me this summer. And if you want to trade me to a team that I'm interested in going in and signing long-term, you allow me to kind of see what's out there. You could probably get more for me because then I can also sign ex- an extension with that team as well. And then you could get more assets out of it. So it's an interesting predicament that Calgary is in right now. Like they're a team that like Stanley cup caliber this season, like they truly were, they won the division. I thought that they were fantastic. I mean, Matt Kachuk had 104 points this year, 42 goal season. Like these no slouch. Like this is a top line, front line, you know, player. Like he he drives the bus for this team along with Johnny Goudreau. And uh, I mean, with with Goudreau gone and now potentially Matt Kachuk, it's going to be a scary situation. Like the Flames, after a one year really of of having a window of potentially winning, might already have to go into a retool rebuild. Uh, type of thing if if this in fact does come to fruition and Mac Chuck finds his way out of Calgary. I mean they could probably get a decent you know pretty penny to uh to whoever he trades him to. But ultimately it's gonna be an interesting to see the fallout, I guess, in Calgary if things happen. Like do they then try and move on from Lindholm and like completely strip it down? Does Markstrom become available? Like it, it gets real interesting with them, but before we get kind of wild and get into the whole what what do the flames do portion of this, and we got to chat a little bit about whether or not this is something that you think Kyle Dubas should be in on, and, and should Kyle Dubas be making a push to bring in a Matthew Kachuk if, if he is indeed available, whether or not he'd want to come to Toronto, I'm not too sure. I think there's 
a possibility. I mean, it's a, a Stanley Cup caliber team. I think that this is he's got some friendships with Mitch Marner from junior, grew up with Austin Matthews in the American development system. So he's got some ties with a couple of the star players here in Toronto. So there could be some interest for Matt Kachuk if Toronto could get it done. But if you were Kyle Dubas, is this something that you'd be inquiring on or are you not really all that interested in bringing in Matt Kachuk and thinking that this could just be, uh, you know, he's hoping to get to um, St. Louis at some point and not worth it for just a one-year rental in a way? Yeah, well, I think that's the big thing right there is what's what's Matthew Kachuk's desire? Is his desire just for a different team to play for or is it to go home? So that's going to impact what you do. But you you got to be in on that conversation regardless if you're Kyle Dubas. Like, this is a guy that I think would fit a big need for this Leafs team. Um, my, but <laughs> the problem is, is, and it's the same thing I always see with a guy that's available. All right, let's just throw William Nylander into the deal. You, do you really, really think that Calgary is just going to say, yeah, we'll take William Nylander? Like, Hey, go home, Willie. Go home. Born in Calgary, Alberta. Go home, pal. Go home. Just go home. By the way, you're also going to go play for Daryl Sutter, who is going to love you as a coach. Yeah, well. (laughs) I just just think that, yeah, it would take a a lot to get that deal done, but it's – He's a player that you would. I mean, he, he had a hundred point. He had what one hundred four points this year. Four points, forty two goals season. Like he's a good player. Like this isn't. Dude's a pain in the ass as well, which is yeah. something that the Maple Leafs do not have. He's got fire in his belly. Something the Leafs desperately need. Like he, honestly, Matthew Kachuk is the missing ingredient for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like he really is. It's just a matter of a. Can you afford it? And do you have the pieces to get it done? I think that's the question that if you're Toronto, and that's why you got to pick up the phone. If, if you're Kyle Dubas, you have to at least inquire and, and ask. I mean, you have to, no? <laughs> like, like, you know, I don't, that's like, your job to know what's going on around the league. And if a player of the caliber of Matt Kachuk is available, and if you might be able to bring him in, and if you have the correct package that you'd be willing to part with, you got to pull the trigger bringing in a player like that. Yeah, you can't pass if if you can't pass up on any opportunity like that because a player like Matthew Kachuk does not get on the market very often no. rarely almost like never right so that, that's where you just have to you're you're picking at a carcass of what Calgary is now kind of just like well yeah we're not going to trade Matthew Kachuk and then GM's going to be like all right just let them we'll, we'll wait for to hit the open market and that's I've heard like that's what Montreal's doing with uh, potentially with Winnipeg and Dubois and how much truth to that there is, we'll see. But like, yeah. what's the incentive for a team to you know for Calgary is going to go? Oh, we want you know your top a top player, top prospect, and like a couple like a couple of first round picks, and a team's just like, well, yeah, we're just going to wait. Like it's like what's like Calgary is in such a terrible situation right now. It's not their fault well it's you know, not like that they didn't it's get not like he's part. not an amazing asset though i mean no. there is definitely incentive to bringing in matthew kachuk this season as yeah. opposed to waiting and opening up the pool oh, yeah. with a whole bunch of other players like if you're toronto 
I think you would much rather try and go get him now and bring him into your squad and try and, and hammer out a long-term deal with this guy than press your luck in free agency. So oh, I think no, you that extra year to negotiate. What's that? That extra year to negotiate is massive. Like He's only yeah, going right. to cost $7 million on the cap this year. No, nine. Oh. His total oh, salary was nine million. So he's. It's, sorry, he's I, I meant his cap hit is seven. His cap hit was seven this season, but his at club elected uh, right, his a nine million dollar cap hit minimum, which is unless he, you know, is able to discuss and get himself some sort of long term deal at a lower cap hit, but that would take making I, a deal, right? I don't, and you can't I, negotiate that until. Well, I guess technically you could negotiate it if he's allowed to the teams. Right, but you got to get that assurance before you make that trade, I guess, for giving up top-end pieces. Well, is this a case where Calgary tries to do a sign-and-trade? Um, Yeah, like in a way, in like almost like, like a Mark Stone-style sign-and-trade yeah. where it wasn't technically a sign-and-trade, but you, know, you allow the team to negotiate the contract and then you trade it and it's signed right away, like that yeah. type of... So not like NBA style, but yeah. No, no, no. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. Like you, you allow him to talk to teams, and you figure out who's gonna offer up. You know, which which deal do you like, and then where of those contracts or of those places that mm-hmm. you would like to go to, which of them gives us the biggest haul in return? Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm Calgary, I'm giving them all the permission in the world to go and speak to teams because you can't let them walk. You can't let Johnny walk this summer and then Kachuk walk next summer can't happen so, so if you know and you're pretty much have a, a an inkling that matthew kachuk has no interest in being in calgary next season you gotta trade him this summer you gotta do it you just have to you gotta bite the bullet and that means your organization's going in a bit of a, a different direction than you had intended on i guess back in december so be it life comes at you fast pal life comes at you fast and uh, i think that toronto should be one of the teams that would that should probably call and, and see what it would take. So why don't we go through it, Dave? Why don't we discuss maybe what it would take to land a player of the caliber of a Matthew Kachuk? And we'll do that on the other side. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We are your hosts here at the Locked on Leafs podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from we're discussing matthew kachuk and what it would take for the maple leafs to bring kachuk to toronto because dave i think he's the missing ingredient like legitimately you add a guy like kachuk with his feistiness his aggression his goal scoring prowess you add that injected into this team's top six now you got something you have something if you're here in toronto um, but what would it take? Like, what would you have to subtract, I guess, to get it done? So I'm curious what you think. Like, are there any trade packages that stick out to you that you think it would take to pry Matthew Kachuk away from Calgary? Well, you're already thinking about the dollar sign of, like, cap hit-wise. you got to make the salaries work, right? So yeah. are you piecing together multiple options? Are you going with a guy with a higher salary and another salary just to kind of make it work? Like. Let's say the contract is, as you said, it's got to be minimum $9 million, right? That's that's the starting point. So 
Like, I'm going to say his name. I don't think that's going to be incentive enough for Calgary. You think I'm going to say Mitch Marner, but it's not Mitch Marner. Oh, okay. I, like, I don't I thought about that, but go ahead with your I name. Think, I know, no, but like. We'll he, talk about Marner in a sec, but you say who you were going to say. Well, I, I, it's like everyone's going to say William Nylander. That's going to be probably where Toronto maybe starts because like he's got other than Marner, Tavares and Matthews, like that's the only other salary that fits in that threshold. I don't see Morgan Riley being the one that's going to get thrown into a deal like that. He has a no movement clause, so he also has a chance to say no, sir, on that. Um, I mean, I'm like, because you have to think also age wise to Nylander's 26, so he's not he can at least go to a team and at least Calgary's not losing too much in terms of production. It's not Matthew Kachuk, but it's at least something. And you have him for an extra season, right? Like Nylander yeah. signed for two years where you lose Kachuk after this season. So you're getting an extra year out of an elite, you know, top six winger. Yeah. So then again, I'm going to put Kerfoot in there because that's three and a half million there as well. So you're om- you're, you're over $10 million and cap flexibility there. So the co- that would help with the money. And then you're looking into prospects, right? Like, what does Calgary want? First round pick. Uh, they definitely oh. are going to want a first round pick. Yeah. First, they might want two first round picks because, I mean, if you're giving Willie. Well, Nylander, though. Like, Nylander's in this deal. Like, let's not forget. Like, Nylander's not a No, shit. he's not a thing. You know, he's not a I don't think you could go Nylander and then demand, like, multiple first round picks. Well, it's it's either you ask for multiple picks or you ask for prospects, right? You kind of I would say a first round pick for sure. If you're gonna Probably, pick, if if you can get Kachuk to sign an extension, um, in and around like maybe like an eight by eight type extension for for Matthew Kachuk. Look at us; we've been complaining for years about the amount of money allotted to the Fords, and now we're already. Looking to to add another one point one million in, uh, to the Ford Group by slotting in Kachuk for Nylander, but hey, it's worth it when you're getting that type of player who's got th- those attributes. Um, now, what but what money would you kind of say uh, for Matthew Kachuk, like to make it almost feel I, like not worth it for the Leafs or well, not able? If if he's looking for what she, I mean, he's got. Like, Goudreau got nine and a half, right? 9.75. Do you think, 9.75, do you think Kachuk is worth as much as Goudreau? That's a good question. Like, he's he's close, but he's not. The thing is, like, Goudreau had the extra, like, he had the leverage of being a free agent and Columbus pretty much going in and saying, all right, what is it going to take? And he's probably took a little bit more money to go to Columbus because they had the better offer than New Jersey. So Actually, he left money on the table in Calgary, remember? Well, he left, the, but he, like that was that's washed because he didn't want to be there anyways. Right. It was almost like Calgary could have offered him a max contract and he would have said no to that, probably. Right? Probably, potentially. Like but he said, he was yeah. close to a deal with New Jersey. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I did see that. That if, if it weren't for a last minute phone call, he was signing with New Jersey. Oh my God. And Columbus called. Like, yep, that's the place I want to go to. Absolutely. But anyway, we're done with Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, but but like I would like say, nine, I would go over eight, nine and a half. Yeah, between like eight and nine probably is is what it would probably yeah. take for for Kachuk on like a long term deal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The problem is he probably wants more. Like he's looking more. for 10 sheets, I would say. So it, it really does depend on whether or not you can try and hammer out a deal. Like if you can get a sign and trade, then yeah, I'd be willing to give up Nylander and a first round pick and then Kerfoot. I would be willing to give that up if you can get an extension along, you know, done with this. Mm-hmm. But if you're not getting an extension, you're just basically getting him for a one-year rental. And he said, I'm going to test the market afterwards, but I'll give you one hell of a season. I don't know if I'm willing to go Nylander, Kerfoot, and a first on that. Mm. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather go more of a, a prospect route where there's you know, lottery. I, then you get into a situation where you're like, oh, Nylander has to be in this trade. Yeah. And the, the, the question is, are you willing to make that deal if you don't, it's almost similar actually to like with the Raptors. You know, a, a big issue with Kevin Durant that a lot of people have is don't know if there's loyalty there. And if he decides he wants out of Toronto in two or three years, I know he's under contract for four years, but if he wants out in a year or two potentially, you don't want to give up Scotty Barnes in that type of deal. And it's similar with Kachuk. If he wants out after next year and he's going to explore for agency and most likely go down to the States, if, if that is his prerogative, if that's his main objective, then do you really want to give up William Nylander and a first-round pick for one season of Matt Kachuk? I, I don't know if that if you really want to do that. So that's kind of the, the game that I think Toronto needs to play here. Yeah. If they bring him in, they have to be able to sign him to a long-term extension. Yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty much the case. Unless, yeah, it, there has to be some sort of condition on if there is a draft pick, it has to be conditional on. But I think a deal like this, you're getting that contract stuff. You're having that discussion well before you're pulling the trigger on the trade. Yes, absolutely. So, like that's that's part of the trade discussion is yeah. hammering out a um, an extension, right? Yeah. Like that's it. it I doubt Matthew Kachuk is coming to Toronto. He could go elsewhere that have the cap space, like some other teams that have cap space, mm-hmm. that they could just bring on a Kachuk and pay him the $9 million this season. But Toronto clearly can't without moving out salary. And they really aren't able to do that unless they move out Nylander. I mean, they could move like Muzzin, Kerfoot, and like, you know, spare parts to, to, to make the money work technically. But why the hell would. Calgary want that, right? Like no. there's also needs to make sense on Calgary's angle as well, right? It's not just, you know, an NHL video game where you put on all these players to match salary and they just give up a whole bunch of first round picks and prospects. That's not how the the real world world works, ladies and gentlemen. But it's gonna be an interesting, you know, discussion that I think is gonna be had in in Maple Leafs front office of whether or not this is something that they want to try and explore and, and if Matthew Kachuk has interest. Like I said. Has a great friendship with Austin Matthews, dating to back when they were kids. Has a good friendship with Mitch Marner. They went, you know, they played together for the London Knights in junior. So there is a connection there with those superstars. And could you imagine, like, a Kachuk-Matthews-Marner line? Oh, oh my God, David, this thing. But, but Mike, I thought you didn't want to move Michael Bunting off the top line. (laughs) Well, I don't want to move Michael Bunting off the top line for Alex freaking Kerfoot, but if it's Matthew Kachuk, get out of (laughs) here. Ciao. Arrivederci. No, well, not. Just hold JT. 
Right? Go go and dig in the corners for John Tavares. Exactly. They could use a Michael Bunting type of player on that line anyways. Or you could even just put JT with, with Kachuk if you really want. Spread out the scoring a little bit. You could also do that. That could be something that... Uh, could move Marner with JT. Yeah, potentially. You could, you could do a whole bunch of different things. But the point is, is Kachuk is, is an outstanding talent. I would be picking up the phone, seeing what it would take, not only from the Flames, what they would want, but also calling Kachuk's agent and, and saying, what's an extension look like if he comes to Toronto? What's the number we'd be dealing with? Because if we can't stomach it, we're not pulling any type of trigger on any type of deal with Kachuk. So that's my stance on it. Yeah, I mean... Look, this is this is all hypothetical. It can you can get very excited about a Matthew Kachuk. I look, yes, I think there's a four percent chance that Matthew Kachuk is a Maple Leaf next season. Yeah. Just to make that clear, yeah, like maybe three percent. We we would like to see it. It would be great content for us. It would be a great addition to the Leafs. But these sort of situations, it's almost like the player has to kind of facilitate it a little bit too. Yeah. Right? That's usually how these all usually go down. Well, like, on that aspect, would Kachuk be willing to take, not even a pay cut, but like 8 by 8 would be considered probably an underpayment for what Kachuk can bring you. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Matthew Kachuk is not a guy who needs a boatload of money. Like, he, he, he his father played in the NHL. 8 by 8 that's $64 million. That's still a lot of money that he can make over the next eight seasons. And that would fit much nicer into the Maple Leafs cap structure and would be able to work. And because you're offering up, A, a chance to play in the pinnacle of hockey in Toronto, a chance to potentially win multiple Stanley Cups alongside two buddies of yours from your childhood in Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. It's a pretty good sell job for Matthew Kachuk if he's willing to leave a little bit. And if Kachuk leaves a little bit on the table, maybe you could get Matthews to leave a little bit on the table next time his deal comes around. Maybe even Mitch Marner could leave just a hair next time it comes around. You know what I mean? Like if, if it starts here with Kachuk and they want to try and keep the band together, if they have that success, maybe this is the start of something new in Toronto where we could see guys start to not – get full pop and full term and everything that they've all wanted over the last couple of seasons out of Kyle Dubas, maybe they could start with Matthew Kachuk. Again, 3% chance of this happening. But a man can wish. Right? I'll go 2% just because uh, his brother got 8.2, I think, per season. Oh, yeah. He'd want more than his brother or at yes. least the same. God damn it, Ottawa. Match Brady. Brady's a, a a captain. He's a captain, right? That that's worth something. So maybe just match what Brady got in Ottawa. Publish. We'll give you exactly one dollar more, so you can see you earn more than your brother. One dollar more. One dollar. Yeah, it'd be hilarious at every at every family gathering, right? Yeah. Right. Would you get paid a dollar more than you? Oh, thanks. Thanks. Hey man, plus can pay more in signing bonuses. For, oh, for sure, you get signing bonuses, but also, I mean, the endorsements you can get in Toronto, you make a lot more money than he'll oh, make an endorsement yeah. in Ottawa. I'll tell you that for free. So, 
I, it's 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 you three know, percent isn't uh, isn't zero. As it, saying there's a chance. Jim Carrey would always say, "Yeah, there's a chance." What Justin Trudeau? <laughs> oh God! You didn't laugh nearly. Yeah, no, I got that. That was way. That, come on, that was pretty good. <laughs> it's okay. What do you mean? Eh? That 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 haircut totally makes him look like uh, Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber. One thousand percent. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ironic too, in a lot of ways. <laughs> I agree with you there, but this isn't a political podcast. It's a least podcast, and uh, why don't we why don't we leave it there, pal? Good yeah. chat, good discussion. We'll see what comes of it. Um, see if anyone can swing a deal, like you said. Uh, who was it? Eric. Ang- no, Eric, Ooh, Frank- Eric-, Eric Francis. Yeah, Eric Francis. Um, out of uh, he's out of Calgary, right? Calgary yep. Sports of Calgary came out and said that he expects a possible Matthew Kachuk trade to be wrapped up within the next week. So, I hope I don't know if that's just him predicting that, or if that's just someone within the flame saying this is going to get done soon. Because it has to. Arbitration. Well, had, well, he's, he's, he's decently plugged in. I would think that he's yeah. not going oh. that without somebody telling him, hey, there could be something coming down the pipe here. Could be coming. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, fun discussion, David. Fun discussion. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked on These Podcasts on all the podcast platforms and receive daily Leaves content on myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck at Dave Morissuti as well. And follow the show at Locked on Leafs. Uh, leave a comment down below what you think about the whole Leafs, whether or not they should trade for Matthew <coughs> Matthew Kachuk. Would you be willing to do it uh, if he's not willing to commit or would you need to have the commitment in the long term? And what's your package? Let us know the package down below that you give up to bring in a Matthew Good chuck. All right. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaps.